0: Well, we greet you in jesus name we invite you to turn to second corinthians second <clears throat> corinthians chapter five <clears throat> it is a treat to be here with you we have many fond memories of you and your support for the ministry in york uh, through teaching and support contribution wise in your prayers we appreciate that and we um, want to continue to advance the kingdom, we appreciate your help with that. Brother Manuel asked if I would come and deliver a message. Uh, The answer machine, uh, the voice message that he left said we should talk about the fear of the Lord. And then uh, a few days ago he confirmed that I was uh, got the message, I'm coming. He said maybe you could speak about something that uh, you talked about at SMBI. And uh, so I thought of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20, and I think we can do both. We can talk about the ambassador principle and concept, and include the fear of the Lord in that. <clears throat> I'm um, intrigued by this passage, and I'm also intrigued by how much we have lost the application of the passage in the church in America, and in the Anabaptist church. Starting at verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In our devotional meditation this evening, we heard about the kingdoms that fail, the kingdoms that last for just a short time, maybe a few hundred years. And we also heard about the eternal kingdom. And Jesus Christ has called us, reconciled us to be part of the eternal kingdom and to be called as an ambassador for him. I uh, like a lot the analogies that Jesus gives us and scripture gives us, analogies help us to understand spiritual truths. And so as we think about what an ambassador is and then re- relate that to us and what we should be as a result of thinking about the ambassadors, we see the picture that um uh, if every person would apply that picture, it would be a totally different society, the church would be different, and we would be winning people for Christ, much better than what we are today. An ambassador is a representative from one sovereign to another sovereign. Now, the nations of the world have all these little sovereigns, and these little sovereigns think that they're pretty important and pretty powerful. and we all understand the reality that God puts the power whomsoever He will even the basis of men, so therefore a sovereign is chosen by God and he very rarely speaks to another sovereign. Instead he will send an ambassador to go give a message. So the United States of America has ambassadors in uh, about 200 countries around the world and those countries send an ambassador back. And so if President Obama decides he'd like to give a message to the president of Brazil, he doesn't get on the phone and say I wanna talk to the president of Brazil he calls the Secretary of State and says, I would like you to uh, get a hold of the ambassador and tell the ambassador, give this message to the president of Brazil and whatever the, whatever the ha- happens to be. Uh, sometimes it's a do this or we're going to come to war. Sometimes it's uh, you got to change your import strategy. Uh, sometimes it's you got to take more of our goods. Whatever the message is, the president very rarely talks to another president he goes through the ambassadors. And so to be an ambassador is a a huge responsibility. It's also a great honor. When the next president comes into uh, the office, he will select the ambassador that he wants for his own uh, purposes. And so uh, very rarely does an ambassador stay on past the president who appointed them. But when the president calls and says, I would like you to be the ambassador to and It really doesn't matter what country you're sent to, the person is happy to do it. And so whether you're ambassador to Russia or China, one of the bigger countries, or whether you're an ambassador to Haiti, a very small country, it's still a tremendous honor to accept that position, to be the spokesman, the mouthpiece for the sovereign. And so one sovereign sends a representative to another sovereign. And this is the way communication happens among the, the nations of the world. And so we are called to be ambassadors or spokesmen from one sovereign to another sovereign. And every individual person is a sovereign of their own life. And Jesus Christ died for that individual and says, I would like you, here's the message, I want you to give me your heart and give me your life and make sure that I am in charge of your life. Matter of fact, Romans 7 says, I want to be married to you. I want to marry you. I I want you to be my spouse. And so that's another analogy we can do some other day, but it's very interesting. Read Romans 7:4 and see the analogies of being married to Jesus Christ. Every person in this room, I hope, is married twice. Once to Jesus, and then once to whoever else you're married to now. I recognize some of you young'uns aren't married yet. But anyhow, you ought to at least be married to Jesus Christ now. Romans 7, that's another story. Let's not go down the bunny trails. Now, as an ambassador, as a representative of Jesus Christ, we're out there telling the message and giving the message that our sovereign has to tell us. Now, it's very interesting that the uh, ambassadorships to other countries and the parallel that is to our country, to our life and our eternal kingdom, the kingdom that's going to last forever and ever and ever, are uh, very, very striking, and we also understand them. Number one, an ambassador does not own land in the host country. Now, you recognize there's the home country, and there is the host country. And so an ambassador uh, from the United States to Brazil does not invest in land. He doesn't own land. He doesn't go out there and say, well, this would be a good investment. I think I'll, I'll settle into this one or I'll buy this land. I'll buy this parsonage. I'll buy this palace. I'll be No, he is there with one goal in mind, and that is to represent his home country. Now, we recognize that... <clears throat> uh, there's some businesses that pass on for generation to generation. When I spoke at SMBI this term, I had two students from uh, the Kaufman family down in Bergenham, Fruit Farm, Kaufman's Fruit Farm. They're celebrating 100 years. Now I have no clue what that feels like. I don't know the emotions that that is to say my great-great-great-grandpa or whatever, how many greats it is, started this business. They planted these orchards. And I don't understand that whole concept, but we have to remember we are ambassadors and we don't own anything. Yeah, God says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I own the orchards on a thousand hills too. It's all mine. But we've lost that. So many times we say, look what I have built. Look at my wealth. Look at my mansion. Look at my building. Look at my property. Look at my farm, whatever, my business. And so we have to say, no, we are ambassadors and we don't own anything. There's times when somebody will do something to my car or knock the mirror off of it or break a window or things like that, uh, and if, I, if they broke my window, I get upset. If I remember that they broke God's window, I say, God, what are you going to do about this one? We have to have that concept. The ambassador owns nothing, and we cannot own anything as ambassadors Jesus Christ. Uh, <clears throat> the ambassador does not participate in the political system of the host country. I think that went through a little bit. The ambassador from a, a home country to a host country does not become involved in the political system. Now, that came very clear to me when I was, uh, we took our family down to Florida to uh, show them some of the sites that we saw on our, our, our honeymoon we, for our 20th anniversary. took all the children down there to Florida, and I got down to Miami City. Uh, Miami City is that, you know, the last one down there, southmost Mennonite church, Uh, Ludlow Walker right so Ludlow went to his church and we were down there and uh, it was very intriguing to me because they were in the midst of their political uh, primary when we were down there and so I read the paper with great interest but you know what (laughs) they didn't care what I thought I was a pilgrim and a stranger I was just traveling through and I didn't get involved with the political system there even though I read about it with great interest I did not really become involved Now, as an ambassador, an ambassador from Brazil to the United States does not vote in the United States elections. An ambassador from China or Chile or uh, Russia or any other country, Great Britain, they come to America and they have great interest in who's going to be the next president, but they don't vote for the next president. Did you catch us significance evidence of that? Because they are visitors, because they are ambassadors, their citizenship is not in this country. This is the host country. Their citizenship is in another country, back home. And that's where they become involved in the political system, if they become involved in the political system at all, which I'm sure they are because they're ambassadors. But we as Christians who have a citizenship in heaven, are that's our home country, and we are just simply here in a host country. We do not become involved in the political system. Now, an election or two ago, during one of the political... Uh, presidential uh, closenesses and they wanted to get everybody voted as they could. Uh, Knock on the door and two young ladies were there and uh, asked, uh, are you registered to vote? And I said, no, I'm not eligible to vote. They said, not eligible to vote? I said, I'm an ambassador. Really? That's exciting. What, What country are you from? I said, from a heavenly kingdom, from a heavenly country, and as a citizen of Jesus Christ's kingdom, I'm not eligible to vote. Oh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Uh, We vote, too, and we're part of the heavenly kingdom. I looked at him and thought, well, you don't want me to vote, I'm sure. Uh, I'm going to vote. If I would vote, it would be opposite what you want to vote. But anyhow, the point is, as ambassadors, we are not citizens of this country. While we appreciate what what freedoms we have and while we appreciate the luxuries we have, Our citizenship is in a heavenly kingdom, and we are simply here in a host country. Now, think about the next point of an ambassadorship, and that is an ambassador can, a, a host country, can send the ambassador home. That happened during the Cold War quite often when I was growing up in teenage years during school. Occasionally the Russians would get mad at the Americans or vice versa, and so they would send the ambassador home or part of the ambassador's staff embassy staff and they'd say, you're expelled from our country, don't ever come back. And so uh, if the United States would send the ambassador home to Russia, then the Russia would send one and a half or two staff members along with them. And you gotta get get somebody out of our country too. And the tit for tat and they go back and forth. Well, um, the host country has the right to send us home. How's that happen? All across the, uh, the world today, there are Christians, there are ambassadors, ...who are being executed because they're Christians, because they violated the host country laws. They are standing up for Jesus Christ, even though it's illegal to be a Christian. And their heads are being chopped off. And during the Martyr's Mirror, read about Martyr's Mirror, that, w- that was a host country sending the ambassadors home to their home country. And so in America, that might happen to us too sometime. We have to be willing to do that. Uh, John the Baptist, he had his head cut off because he said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife... And he got his head chopped off for that. He was sent home to his heavenly kingdom. He was sent home. The host country sent him home. Now, it's interesting that an ambassador is exempt from the laws of the host country. The host country can make a law that says you, you uh, uh, have to drive 55 miles an hour, and you can't park in a handicapped parking space. And, and, but the ambassador is exempt from all of those laws. Now, I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but if you ever see go down to Washington, D.C., to the... Uh, embassy uh, lane there. The embassy staff, the ambassador and the secretary and the cook and whoever else they send over to, for their support, they have a special red, white, and blue license plate front and back of their vehicle that says diplomat, U.S. diplomat, and they get special privileges. And so there's a uh, the city I was reading about up there, just like a, a beach town uh, north of the uh, United Nations, and they absolutely hate the diplomat license plates because uh, many diplomats will speed through town. Towns 25 miles an hour and they just go as fast as they want. They park wherever it says no parking because they have this little license plate and they cannot get a parking ticket, they can't get a speeding ticket, they are exempt from the laws of the host country. Now that's sort of interesting to us because uh, does that mean, I can just imagine the uh, the 16, 17-year-olds who have their license now say, oh, you mean we get to drive as fast as we want? This is wonderful. Well, the, the, um, uh, not the problem. That's not the right word. But the, <laughs> the uh, dilemma you might face if you want to go uh, as fast as you want, just pretend this is the Audubon here, uh, is that our sovereign has given us instructions. Obey every ordinance of man. And so our sovereign has given us even though we are exempt from the host country laws our sovereign says no you're not be a good representative of me I want you I see there's there's representatives from certain countries that uh, at least the mayor from that town up in New York would wish they'd all go home they're terrible people they're awful If, if this is how the whole country is and that they're representing why we don't want to go visit that country and our sovereign says, you live your life in such a way, follow their laws so that they say, wow, we want to be part of that country. We want, we'd like to go visit there someday. And so we, we are not exempt from the laws because our sovereign says you're not exempt from the laws, even though we would uh, theoretically be as ambassadors. <clears throat> now, the ambassador, while he doesn't vote, he also does not pledge allegiance to the host country well it's uh... the very first mennonite school in america was founded there in greenwood delaware over the issue of pledging allegiance to the flag and there was uh, a number of parents who said we will not pledge allegiance to the american flag and they started the greenwood school as a result of that now today we are we are losing the concept of why we don't pledge allegiance to the flag but think through what that pledge says i pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the country for which it stands. Do we pledge allegiance to a host country? An ambassador does not. If the ambassador is there at, the, um, at a function, American function, the State of the Union address or whatever, and the Pledge of Allegiance is said, they don't pledge allegiance to American flag because their home country, Brazil or uh, Argentina or wherever they're from, that's where their allegiance is. Their allegiance is not to the United States of America. It's just that they happen to be living here. And so <clears throat> when, they, uh, when the Pledge of Allegiance is said, they stand quietly or sit quietly, whatever they do. But they do not pledge allegiance to the host country. Now, um, this is not simply a, a conservative, fuddy-duddy, old-fashioned-minded man saying this the State Department takes a Pledge of Allegiance very very seriously if you happen to be a missionary to another country and let's say you're there for 10, 15, 20 years and so you've uh, settled in, you bought yourself a house, you uh, are living there for quite a while and and your children are teenagers now and they go to some civic organization say they're they're going to uh, be at the PTF or some some other organization and you're down in Argentina and they start their Uh, ptf meetings by saying the pledge of allegiance to the flag and you as as a 20 year resident uh, of that country uh, even though you're a missionary you decide maybe this would be a good idea for us to uh, be a model and encourage the local residents and friendship evangelism anyhow we're going to be friends with them and they're going to want to know what we think and what we idea if you say the pledge of allegiance to any other country you immediately forfeit your american citizenship The State Department looks at that very, very seriously. And so the Pledge of Allegiance is not something you just simply say, uh, just sort of routinely repeat it. If you say the pledge to any other country, you're no longer an American citizen. And so for us to say in a Pledge of Allegiance to the American country, uh, to the United States of of, uh, America, we then, if the logic would follow, immediately forfeit our God-ordained Christian citizenship. And so we cannot do that. We are ambassadors, and ambassadors do not pledge allegiance to another uh, country, uh, to the host country. <clears throat> One of the things that ambassadors do not do is they do not gossip about their fellow citizens. Citizens, 1 uh, Corinthians says, what? You go to law against, the un- against each other? And that before an unjust judge? What's going on here? Is there nobody among you who can help settle these disputes? Is there nobody among you? Get the least esteemed among you, and let them uh, come forth and let them be the ones who are going to judge and they make this dispute right. You see, when the ambassador is in another country, and there are certain countries who, who love and adore America and there's other countries who are not very happy with America, and uh, depending on who the president is, they're very, very not happy at all. And if the, the host country, citizens, are grumbling and complaining about America, the ambassador stands there and listens, but he does not agree with them against his sovereign. He does not say, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I have an awful sovereign. You're right. My president, I wish he would have never been. I didn't vote for him. I just want to let you know I didn't vote for this president. Uh, and as soon as we get another election, we'll be happy, you know. No, he stands there with honor and dignity and stands against all of the uh, rumors and all of the things, all the accusations against his host and against his sovereign. Now, one thing that I learned many, many years ago, and I haven't always been faithful to it, but I tried to be, and that is you never agree with a sinner against a saint. You never agree with a sinner against a saint. You might be down there downtown shopping somewhere, and one of your neighbors comes over and said, you know what, your, your pastor just ripped me off. I was at his place of business, and I, I, I couldn't believe it, you know. He, he sold me these apples, and they all looked nice on the top, but on the bottom I got home, they were rotten apples. And, and you say, well, I'm glad you shared with that. I'll, I'll check that out. You don't say, oh, yeah, it happened to me too one time. I, <laughs> I got some rotten apple, man. Yeah, yeah you're right, my is a bum. You know, no, you never, ever agree with a sinner against a saint. An ambassador who comes over from another country to our country, to, to the United States of America, they understand clearly that they are to represent and put the best face forward for their host country, for their home country. And so you never, ever do that. Does that mean all of our, uh, uh, all of our fellow citizens, our fellow ambassadors are good people? Does that mean that none, there's no faults with any of us? Well, not at all. We all have faults. And the Bible tells us that we're going to share our faults one with another and confess our faults and do that. But if we... Um, If we are accepting gossip from the host country against the home country ambassadors or citizens, then then we are defiling the representation that we're we're to do, our purpose. An ambassador understands very clearly the chain of command. Now, we understand that the sovereign makes a decree in the case of the United States of America. President Obama would call the Secretary of State, who would call the undersecretary for that particular region, wherever he wanted to send a message, who would then uh, call the ambassador. And so if the, if the uh, president says to Secretary Kerry, uh, you get that ambassador from Argentina back here as soon as you can. I, he's, he blew it. I want him home. right? They call and they give that message. You, you must vacate the embassy within 24 hours and you better get home here. The president wants to talk to you. And uh, they understand that and they respond appropriately and immediately. There's no argument about that. They understand clearly the chain of command. And as ambassadors for Jesus Christ, we have to do the same thing. We have to understand that there is a chain of command and there's, uh, there are God-ordained and appointed elders. There is God-ordained appointed leaders that, that, uh, and organizational structures that we need to be surrendered and submissive to. Uh, in the home and in the church, that's very, very important. Uh, Ambassador, while I mentioned that he doesn't vote, he also does not march on Washington. He lives in Washington, here in the United States. The ambassadors have a particular neighborhood where they they um, live in together. There's uh, Embassy Row down there, and uh, <clears throat> they are they are down there. But while there's a peace march or while there's a demonstration against, you know, we're marching for higher wages, we want the minimum wage to go up, or whatever the the march is, the ambassador, while he might be watching the news and reading all about it and have tremendous interest in the outcome of this march, he himself does not participate in the march because he is a visitor, he is not a citizen of the host country. The um, State of the Union each year when the President of the United States delivers to Congress the um, uh, State of the Union, the Senate it sits on one side of the aisle, the House of Representatives sits on another side of the aisle, and the Supreme Court in the last number of years hasn't always come, but they're, they've traditionally been there, the Supreme Court, and there's a section for the ambassadors from around the world. And if you ever see a picture of that, you'll see these ambassadors sitting there, and uh, some look uh, Americanized, but some look like they're from China or from um, Israel or the uh, Arab countries. They are in the attire of their home country. And you know what? None of them are embarrassed. They're not hanging their head in shame. I don't look like those senators. I don't look like, oh, man. Huh. Why do I have to wear this? No. There's a home country attire that they wear, and there's no shame to it. Because... My host, I'm here representing my sovereign. I'm here representing my home country. I'm here to promote my kingdom. And so, while the host country doesn't wear what I wear, that's okay. I don't care. I'm here representing the host country or the home country. They also eat their own ethnic foods. They uh, uh, people from uh, China eat lots of rice, right? And they go shopping and they get their food and the food supply and. Oh, yeah, you might see them at McDonald's or Wendy's or something like that occasionally. But it's not that they're, oh, now we're in America. We've got to eat like America. They eat like their home country. And so ethnic foods are perfectly legitimate. Daniel faced that when he went out in captivity. And the king said, oh, get the smartest and the brightest and get all these people in here. And I want you to give them the best food because I'd like them to become my advisors. And I want to make sure they're healthy and strong. And so I'm going to um, give them stuff from my table. And Daniel looked at that and said, I'm an ambassador. I can't eat that stuff. Why, that's not, uh, that would defile me. And so with uh, determination, I wouldn't say with great joy, but with determination, he said, I can't eat this. Will you allow me to eat my home country food? I'm here as a visitor, well, a forced visitor, as a slave. And uh, <clears throat> the Bible, we see that the ambassador rule is one of appeal. Not one of demanding, not one of uh, um, my sovereign says if you don't do this, you're going to send the bombs, although sometimes they do do that, send those messages. But he was appealing to the host country. Uh, Back when President Clinton decided to uh, change the ban on military, don't ask, don't tell, Uh, uh, Reagan and Bush had the um, policy with homosexuals in the military, just don't we won't ask you and you don't tell it. If we find out you're homosexual, you'll be out of the, out of the military. And uh, President Clinton changed that. About the same time, uh, our mayor in the city of York uh, passed an ordinance and the city council agreed that you cannot discriminate on anybody in housing uh, based on sexual orientation. And so uh, we produced a track. Uh, what does God say about homosexuality? And there was no commentary in the track. It was simply listing the Bible verses. What does the Bible say about it? And so we uh, published about uh, 14 or 15,000 of those and went door to door to make sure everybody in the city of York got one. And I sent one to President Clinton. I don't know, I never received a a, a reply back from him. But as an ambassador from my host country, a heavenly kingdom, it was my responsibility to appeal to the sovereign of this uh, host country. Did I get that one right? I'm getting host and home too often. All right, try again. As an ambassador from my home country, it was my responsibility to appeal to the host country and say, "What you're doing violates my host country, my home country's laws, and, and my sovereign is not happy with this." And so it's our responsibility to proclaim that and to appeal that, and to make sure that we <clears throat> are uh, 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 proclaiming righteousness and the message of our sovereign. An ambassador embraces a fellow citizen. If you happen to be in Haiti or any other country in the world and there's a riot breaks out and you, uh, uh, for some reason, are having a difficulty, if you can make it safely to the United States Embassy, you are secure. Well, secure as you can get, right? Uh, And they will make sure that you get back to the United States. You're a United States citizen. And they will embrace you and protect you because that's one of their jobs as well, to embrace fellow citizens. Uh, and to do them safely. If you are in another country and you have a heart attack and you get to the embassy or your um, family members get you in charge of the embassy, they'll make sure you get home. They'll fly you home. They, that is the job of the embassy, to embrace and to support and to help fellow citizens. Now, Christianity-wise, our job is to encourage fellow citizens, those who are embracing Jesus Christ, those who are, and, and so it, as much as lie within you, uh, especially to the household of faith do good to all men but especially to your fellow citizens we recognize that there's people we help along the way that are not citizens of our host co- of our home country uh, but we're going to do all that we can to bring people and to embrace those our fellow citizens another thing an ambassador does is he issues visas to visitors who would like to visit the home country so if you wanted to go to Nicaragua and you Um, needed a visa for that, you would contact the Nicaraguan embassy down in Washington, D.C. And you'd say, I'd like a a tourist visa from this date to that date or I'd like a uh, missionary visa from this date to that date and they would decide whether you could get a visa, and they would issue the visa, and you would take that, uh, and so some people just do it by online or, or mail, or some people drive to Washington, D.C. to get those in person. And you go there, that's part of the uh, job of ambassadors, to issue a visa to their home country. Uh, any parallels with that, with us? Yeah, I wanna hand out all the visas I can to get to, uh, get to my home country. I want everybody to go and visit there for eternity. You can have a visitor's visa forever and ever. And so uh, that's my job, is to go out and get people to be excited and to come visit and to make their citizenship there. The ambassador is willing to give his life for his home country, willing to lay down his life if necessary for the home country and for his fellow citizens. When um, the uh, United States Embassy in Iraq was overrun during Carter, the last person to leave was the, amb- the ambassador. The support staff left. Everybody else, the secretaries, the cook, everybody else left. The ambassador was the last one to leave. He was willing to lay down his life for the cause, for the kingdom, and, uh, <clears throat> and for his fellow citizens. Um, you protect your fellow citizens. You do whatever you can as an ambassador. One of the things that's uh, most exciting to me and very interesting is that the sovereign from the home country pays the bills for the ambassador you know the ambassador doesn't come over here uh, representing brazil and uh... in the side has to work at mcdonald's flipping hamburgers you know i'm I'm just not getting quite enough money to pay for my my gas or i need to have a little extra money so i think i'll get a job at walmart no the the ambassador is paid his all his bills are paid his his health insurance his life insurance whatever insurances he need to pay all his health care is paid for by the sovereign, the one who sent him. And so as an ambassador of Jesus Christ from a home country, he pays my bills. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And so why, why do you, like the Gentiles, worry about what you're going to eat or drink or, or with all shall you have? Clothe yourself. I mean, look at the sparrows. I take care of them. I'm going to take care of you, too. You're of much greater value than the sparrows. And so all these things that we're worried about it, uh, you know, retirement and medical insurance, all this kind of stuff. Well, my sovereign, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And my sovereign, he, I'm his ambassador. He's going to pay my bills. It's a marvelous thing. And so why are we fret and why are we so worried about this? The ambassador expects us to, uh, ambassador is on duty 24-7. There's never a time when an ambassador from a foreign country has off time. Now, he doesn't always awake. Yes, he gets to go to sleep, and yes, he gets to make trips and uh, vacations and those kind of things, but the ambassador is on call 24-7. If he happens to be down in Florida for a vacation and his sovereign says, I have a message you've got to give to the president of the United States, and I want you to deliver it in the next uh, 12 hours, he ends his vacation. And he flies back to Washington to meet with the president of the United States to tell him immediately what the, what my sovereign has told me. And so there's not a time and we're off uh, duty. Well, I told you that we went down to Florida for our 20th anniversary and took the children along. And uh, things had changed in 20 years. And I, I foolishly didn't make any reservations for our camper. I was pulling a camper behind. I figured you could just pull in and There'd be space somewhere, and we went from campsite to campsite to campsite, and everything was full. Uh, the busiest time of the year for uh, Florida is between Christmas and New Year's, and that's when we got married, and, and we should have known that there was, this place was going to be full. And so uh, we didn't think about that. So about midnight, uh, we found one space left, and we pulled in and tried to be as quiet as we could and get our camper set up, uh, pulled behind motorhome, uh, not a motorhome, but a, a pull-behind camper. And uh, in the morning, we were uh, pleasantly surprised to see that the people right next door to us were part of our own fellowship, Keystone Fellowship. And uh, this is exciting. Now, I'm not so sure that they were excited to see us, uh, because they were on vacation. And, uh, you know, oh, Clayton's next door. Oh, man. Uh, And so I I never really confirmed that or not confirmed that with them, but I always wondered, because... uh, there was just a few things that I don't think they would have done it back home, you know, that I observed. Well, see, an ambassador, if if they are uh, living by the standards of Scripture, they're gonna do it whether they're in Florida or Pennsylvania or California or anywhere else in the world, right? Ambassador is on duty 24-7, and we need to be ready to rescue fellow citizens and give the message to the host country. 24-7, we, whether we're on vacation, whether we work or eat or drink or whatever we do, do all to the glory of God. And so ambassadors an ambassador is on 24-7. Now, how does this relate to the fear of God? I believe that most ambassadors of Jesus Christ who have lost their concept of the two-kingdom fellowship, the two-kingdom concept, they have lost the concept of, of, of ambassadorship, have done it because they have gone with the fear of man versus the fear of the Lord. They're more worried about what people think of me. And so they lay aside the kingdom attire. Or they're too worried about uh, finances and who the next president would be. Yes, every ambassador uh, down there in Washington is concerned about our elections. There are certain uh, policies that they're not happy about, depending on who gets elected. And so they're all interested, but they're not participating. They're not participants. They don't March, although we did recognize that, uh, that some of the Chinese government has given to some political parties in recent history, right? That's not supposed to happen. It's against the law, and that creates a great fuss. But my point is, if we as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, who are serving our, our home country, are only concerned about what he thinks, we don't have to worry about the political, we don't have to worry about the finances. We don't have to worry about the future. We don't have to worry about our home ownership. These things, we can, we can just relax and trust God. We can say, God, you, you promised you're going to provide, and we're going to see how it's done. We're, going to, we're just going to go out there and plead with our fellow American citizens, or wherever else we are sent around the world. We're going to plead with them, be reconciled to Jesus Christ. That's the message, be reconciled to Jesus Christ. But when we begin to lose that fear of the Lord, and we begin to look at the fear of man, and what does man think about us, we're, we're sort of, like you mentioned, embarrassed instead of ambassadors, right? We walk into the grocery store, and we're, oh man, who's going to see us in here? And oh, Why do we? No. We go with our head high. We are ambassadors for a, a kingdom that has been, and is, and will be. And there's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to hang our heads about. We don't have to worry about what this host country does because if this host country sends us away from America and they say, you can't live in America anymore. So that's fine. We'll go to Haiti. We'll go to Brazil. We'll spend... Now, anybody looking forward to that? Not necessarily, but we will. That's our history. And that's what Bible calls us to do. Some years ago, uh, well, nine years ago, uh, when our youngest child was born, the, uh, the baby bill was uh, fairly high, about $90,000, and so um, in trying to look at how to pay that off, we sold that pull-behind camper that I told you we took down to Florida. We uh, sold a number of other things that were merely luxuries, and uh, the church, uh, God, moved and helped fellow ambassadors, helped this ambassador to, uh, to get that money together, but it was really interesting, my son Austin said, you know what, if we have a big baby bill and we have to sell our property at 882 East Market, which is the, the half acre lot, and move back to Poplar Street, well, that'll be okay. We'll minister there. And if we get another baby bill and we have to sell our property at Market Street and go to Haiti, well, that'll be okay too. We just, we'll move wherever God takes. If he, God takes away these properties, and has us go minister somewhere else, that'll be okay. That's the attitude every one of us should have. We're here for a very short time. As our brother said, it's not long till we'll be 70. Not very long at all. Uh, See, I have 16 years. (laughs) And I think about what happened 16 years ago. Uh, Wow, that was pretty short. 16 years. Life is short. We're ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We're ambassadors and we're citizens of a home country that's going to last forever and ever and ever lift your head high. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. Proclaim the message. My sovereign says that you need to repent and come to him, and he invites you to come. He has died for you. He has empowered you by the Holy Spirit, and he wants to give everything to you for eternity. Will you be reconciled to my ambassador, to my sovereign? That's the message. Let's do it faithfully.